Hello everybody and welcome back. So yesterday's video we were talking about ditching the drama. Uh, it was really focusing on the principles of drama. So uh, why do we have drama? Where does it come from? And particularly who is involved? So today I'm going to give you tips on uh, how to deal with some of that drama. So the how, okay? Now, uh, the title today is Because People. <laughs> I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes you get to the end of your day and you're like, man, today could have been a great day if it wasn't for blank, right? Uh, and, and lots of times it's easy to put uh, a person's name or their face in that blank. Uh, today I don't have time to go into everything I could teach you about this. However, I'm going to give you access to two bonus content, I guess, if you will. So I have one video, it's called the Four Minds video. It's about a half an hour long. Um, it goes through and explains to you when two people are having an interaction, uh, what's happening inside their brain. So inside them, what is happening? How can you know and how can you adjust what you're saying and doing either in the moment or uh, after the moment or even if you, let's say, you know, I'll use me as an example. I've been married to my husband 18 years. If you've been married for any length of time or with somebody, you know that you you gain certain patterns of behavior, right? So, you know, you have the same fight over and over and over again, right? So that video is going to explain why that happens and how you can change it, okay? Uh, and the next thing I'm going to give you access to, it's not a video, it's an audio. Uh, it is on the seven levels of awareness. I can tell you this right now. That is one of my flagship teachings. I think every single person in the whole world should listen to that. It's going to tell you the seven different levels. So um, based on your, first of all, you find for yourself, right? Which level am I at? And then also you try to figure that out for people who are maybe being a little more challenging and tons of tips in there on how you can actually uh, interact with somebody who, who might be at a lower level of awareness. Okay. So I'll have access uh, for those in the, the description for you. Uh, you can also go in and use our search engine link uh, the, for in the welcome section. We have that search engine link. Uh, you can go in, you can input any keyword, you can input drama, you can input four minds, you can input seven levels of awareness. Uh, you'll have access to all kinds of new content. So if you, you know, remember this is a, this is a buffet, right? So if you think this is one of your topics that you really need to delve deeper into, make sure you access those bonuses and you go to the search engine and find what you need. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Because people, so the number one rule in working with difficult or challenging people, you might want to write this down. The number one rule is don't be one. Okay. Now, oftentimes when I do this presentation, you know, and I tell people that they're like, huh? And I said, well, you know, it's just like any other leadership or influential principle. It's easy to look at the other person and say, you're being difficult and this is why. And also this is how you should change, right? When in reality, we need to step back a little bit and say, well, wait a minute, let me check myself first. 
Now, sometimes when you step back, you realize, ooh, maybe I need to change something. Sometimes when you step back, you realize, well, no, I think I'm in, I'm in the, the right place here, okay? So at the very least, when you step back and you assess yourself, you know, after you do your self-assessment, a little bit better of, of how you can go and maybe support that person who's being challenging, okay? So uh, I'm gonna give you five different reasons why somebody might be a difficult person. Now, I'm sure this is not an exhaustive list, but I can tell you this after working with thousands of coaching clients over the, the years and many different employees and, and doing trainings, these are the five I see the most, okay? So the first one is this idea of forgetting who you are. So, you know, when we forget who we are as a person, our identity, right? Our greatness, our awesomeness, what are our strengths? What are our talents? You know, what were we made for? What's our purpose? All of those things. When we forget that, we become a difficult person. So I, I don't know if I gave you this example before, but John Maxwell does a teaching called um, The Bob Principle. He has a book, uh, Winning with People, highly suggest it. If you wanna know more about working with people, I would get that book. So one of the principles in there is The Bob Principle. And he says, hey, if Sally has a problem with Bob, if Joe has a problem with Bob, if John has a problem with Bob, who's the problem? Bob, okay, not that hard, right? Now, Bob rarely steps back and says, hmm, am I being the problem? Well, no, because our assumption is I'm never the problem, right? He just sees all the people in his life are the problem. Now, what has happened is that Bob has forgotten who he is in the moment. Uh, in our house, we call it, you're, you're having a moment, you're forgetting who you are, right? Um, sometimes you forget, wait a minute, I do have choice and control in this moment. If you feel like you are uh, a hostage, or if you feel like you're a wounded animal in the corner and you have no choice about something and you feel powerless, that's going to facilitate you being a difficult person. So how do you remember who you are? What does that even mean? One of the, the strategies that I teach my clients is about uh, I am statements. So there is the subtle nuance that happens when you're speaking out, I am blank. Uh, there's actually a lot of research around this. Quantum physics is proving this to be the case now. So when you say I am blank, whatever is in the blank, whatever's after I am, is something that you uh, subconsciously agree with. So you're making an agreement with this thing. So for example, if you say, I am tired, right? Who is tired? <laughs> um, I am stressed, I am overwhelmed, right? Now, you know, it's not necessarily gonna do you damage if you say it one time. However, if you say it continuously, if you say, I am tired, I am tired, I am tired, and you say over and over and over again, and years later, right? Guess what? You are going to become a tired person. I am a tired person, okay? You don't have to agree with me, it's just science, okay? So if this is the case, why not remind us of the good things that we are, right? 
So for example, you know, I am, uh, well, I, I sometimes will go through and do 20 to 30 I am statements in the morning and just write them out in my journal real quick. So I am healthy, I am whole, I am strong, I am blank, right? So the trick here is that you want to put in things that you definitely agree with and you want to put in things that maybe are not the case right now, but you want them to be the case. So kind of speaking them into existence. So for example, if you don't feel healthy right now, when you say, I am healthy, I am healthy, I am healthy, you're speaking that to your spirit and your subconscious mind, and they kind of work together to create the, the conditions and circumstances for you to choose to be healthy. Okay. So instead of saying, I feel sick, you know, or I am sick, you could say, I am healthy. Now, an, another way to twist this is, let's say you are tired, right? In the moment, you're like, I am tired though, Michelle. Hey, it's been a long day. Okay, totally get it. Are you a tired person or are you feeling tired? Okay, those are two different things. So you could say, I feel tired, okay? It's not just a word game. It really does make a, a shift in your awareness, okay? All right, so number two, uh, difficult people tend to focus on their frustrations, okay? They tend to focus on the things that are going wrong. Now, they might also consider themselves to be optimists uh, or even a realist. However, their focus, whether they say it out loud or not, is on their frustration. And the frustration usually comes from the story that they're telling about whatever's happening. So for example, I had a coaching client not too long ago that uh, she came and she said, oh my gosh, Michelle, my boss hates me. And she went on and told me this whole story about her, how her boss hates her. And I said, okay, well, let's just kind of back up a little bit. You know, first of all, let's play with that perception. Uh, how do you know she hates you, right? Yes, you've told me all of the, these are your circumstances and the things that are showing up, but do you really know that she hates you? Well, no, but you see the premise of her story was kind of, it was like the gas on the fire, right? And all she could do was focus on her frustration and that's what she saw. There's a, a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that says, where your focus goes, your energy flows. And she had gotten herself so stuck in this story that her boss hated her. And so now every time she had an interaction with her boss, she was looking for, again, remember that drama, looking to be offended. She was looking for uh, evidence that her boss hated her. She was stuck in her story. So uh, an easy way, easy, <laughs> it's not easy, it's very simple though, but it's not easy, uh, is to focus on gratitude, gratitude. Uh, I've got a picture on my wall back here. You can see, you know, a little teeny tiny bit of it in, in the corner of the frame. And it says, gratitude is an anchor. Gratitude is an anchor in any and every storm. Gratitude uh, is, so the brain, just so you know, uh, the brain cannot feel, feel, feel feelings of fear and love at the same time. It is physiologically impossible, two different parts of the brain, and they are never enacted at the same time. So you're either feeling a fear or a love moment at any time, 
gratitude is squarely within the love category. Uh, and so when you're feeling this fear or frustration or stress or feeling overwhelmed, if you can go to a place of gratitude and just start saying, okay, I'm, I'm thankful for my blue highlighter. It makes my heart happy. I'm thankful for my coffee this morning, right? Um, I'm thankful that I have a phone. I'm thankful I have internet. Like you can, you can go to the smallest non-emotional type things to be thankful for all the way up to, man, I'm really thankful for my health. I'm really thankful for my kids, right? And the more that you spend time in that place, the more that you get out of that frustration zone. So I have created a, a habit that if I'm going to, to drive anywhere, if I don't have something I'm particularly thinking about, I am focusing on my I am statements and my gratitude. Because wherever I'm going, I really wanna be ready when I get there. So I don't wanna be a challenging person. Uh, think about this, if you're in your car and you're thinking about all of the frustration and overwhelming things and stress, and you know, then you get to where you go. So a friend of mine, she was picking up her kids yesterday and she told me, she's like, oh my gosh, I just spent 20 minutes on the road, you know, thinking about all the, of the stress that I have. And I said, how did pickup go with your kids? And she said, not really well. Well, yeah, because now you're in that kind of an energy. Okay. You, you forgot who you were and you focused on your frustration. So you became a difficult person for your kids. Make sense? Okay, so the, the next one, number three, is um, I find that people often are difficult because they are focusing on working, they're outside their comfort zone and they're outside their strength zone. That's more, more like it. So for example, uh, you know, we did talk about DISC, right? You found out what your profile was. Uh, just as important as knowing what your profile is, is knowing what it isn't. So for example, you know, I am an SIC, uh, I do have some D tendencies, because remember we have those four buckets, right? However, it's not my driving force. Now people actually will look at me and what I do in life and in my business and say that I'm a D, because in their opinion, they, they think that. However, my motivating force is really as an S. So if I were to try to say, I need to be a D, eventually I'm going to become a difficult person because I'm fighting against who I really am. Okay. So, uh, you know, I find this a lot when I'm working with leaders, they have a particular idea of what they think a leader should be. And many times they're not wrong. It's just, that's not who they are. That's not their leadership style. And until they can, until they can really recognize what are my innate leadership qualities and how can I use that to my advantage? they tend to be very difficult people for their followers, okay? Uh, some great tools for this, obviously DISC is a good one. Um, Strengths Finder, that, that's an awesome one. Um, if you haven't done that before, I highly recommend it. Just go Google it. Uh, I think you can go buy the book and then there's a, a key code on there and you can take the test. Uh, it tells you your, your top strengths. Very, man, when I was really building my business, uh, a friend had mentioned you should take that test. And when I did, I said, number one, wow, I can totally see why I shouldn't have been doing these other jobs. And number two, I can really see why I should be doing this one. So it was great validation for me. Uh, another one that is somewhat related to StrengthsFinder, you can look it up, it's called the Standout Assessment. Uh, StrengthsFinder really shows you, here's your nitty gritty um, strengths, 
Standout assessment is more higher, bigger picture. Um, uh, I don't really know how to explain it. Is you got to experience it. I can tell you this, that the result of the standout assessment for me was it's that I needed to be doing studying as much as possible, playing around with ideas and speaking to an audience and the bigger, the better. I don't know, there might be something to it, okay? All right, so number four, I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this one. Uh, honestly, you can go and use our searchy link and you'll find all kinds of information about the five daily habits, your daily five, so just look that up. Uh, but John Maxwell does a teaching on this. He says, you know, if you want to really do something in life, uh, figure out five things that you can do every single day for the rest of your life. Be consistent in that and know that, you know, if, you, if those are the only five things you do for the day, you're golden. And once you do those five things, guess what? The rest of the day is extra, okay? Um, so I find that when I... I'll tell you my five in just a second, but I find when I do those five things, I feel like I've given myself a gift for the day and I know that I have moved the ball down the field to my own goals. So when I go to serve other people, I feel like I've gotten my needs met, so therefore I'm not a difficult person, okay? So my five, and I'm, uh, you know, they might be some of the same for you. I very rarely do I find somebody who has the same exact five things. Uh, the key here is to find something that you can do every single day. So for example, I was doing a training once, had people go through this activity, um, had a, a, a lady say, oh, I'm going to garden every day. And I said, okay, that's great. Uh, she lives in the, the upper peninsula of Michigan. And I said, okay, so how many days outside will you be gardening? And she said, well, you know, really only about 60. I said, yep, that's about right. So what about the other 305 days of the year? Do you have a, a, a greenhouse? You know, what's going to be your process? And she's like, uh, no, I don't. And I said, so how can it be a daily five if you only do it for 60 days out of the year? And so she, she actually, um, apparently she has a lot of plants and she said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to make sure I, I connect with my plants, which I don't quite understand, but if you're a plant person, I, I bet you understand that. And, and so that was one of her daily five. It was so important to her. She said, if I don't have that connection to my plants, I don't feel good. And I thought, wow, that especially in the UP, sometimes you get four to five feet of snow, right? You want to connect with those plants in nature. Uh, so my daily five, in brief, I read, write, reflect, relate, record. So I'm reading something every single day. Typically it's all day, but I have a study time in the morning. Uh, this morning it was about an hour and a half before I, I transitioned to help the kids get ready for school. Uh, so I'm reading something, I'm writing something. So typically I'm writing in my journal. Uh, some days I actually write maybe a blog post or something like that. Uh, reflect, reflect is really big for me. So I love to reflect after my study time, but I also like to take small breaks throughout my day to reflect, hey, how's the day going? What's your energy level like? Uh, or at the end of the night, how did the day go? What could you do better tomorrow? So read, write, reflect, and then relate is I love to relate ideas and ideas together. I also love to connect people. So if I know somebody, I'm like, oh, you need to know so-and-so. And I love to share ideas with people. 
So I'm relating idea to idea, person to person, and person to idea, okay? That's just something that's fun for me. And then the last one is record. So I wanna record the things that I'm thinking about, the things that I'm learning, the things that um, I am processing. And oftentimes that comes in the process of recording my podcast every morning. Uh, if, you, if you're into podcasts, I don't know if I've told you about this or not, but you can check us out. We are Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. We're on nine different platforms. Uh, we're getting ready to, to roll over to 30,000 listeners this week, so I'm really excited about that. Um, so I do those five things every single day. Now, typically, they're done by 7 or 8 a.m. every single day, and so the rest of the day, I now have time to go and serve others. I find when I don't do those, I feel a little off. And especially if I don't do those one or two days in a row, I need, I need to come back to it, okay? So, uh, you know, especially if I miss my study time, and that's a, a time of study and meditation for me. Uh, if I become a difficult or challenging person at home, oftentimes somebody here that lives with me will say, hey, uh, have you missed your study time, <laughs> okay? Because it's that important. So think about what your daily five things might be and what fills you up that, that would really be a, an added value to you uh, so that you can make sure that you're not being that difficult person, okay? And then the last one I'll just spend briefly on this uh, is really this idea that we all have blind spots. You know, to, to assume that you don't have a blind spot is a really big blind spot, okay? There are many things that we do not know. Uh, and so sometimes we're walking about this life and we might be difficult to a certain person and not even know it. Uh, so just asking people who are, you know, safe people, if you have them, uh, you know, hey, what do you think I need to know about this life? What, what do you, how do you think I might be a difficult person? Uh, be ready for their response. Be open and willing and curious. Okay. Not defensive. Uh, you can do this with people that you're closest to. So for example, you know, a spouse or your children, be careful with the children. They will be very, very honest. Okay. So be ready for honesty. Uh, and then you can also do it with your coworkers, your boss, right? Uh, they're going to give you some really good data. Okay. And just sit with it, take it in and say, Hmm, what can I do with this? How can I become better because of this? Okay. All right. So for each one of these, uh, I would highly recommend that you go through and you do a little self-assessment yourself. Ask yourself, you know, on a scale of one to 10, one being low, 10 being high, where am I at for each one of these? Okay. So, you know, uh, forgetting who you are, focusing on frustration, um, being outside your strength zone, daily habits and blind spots, one to 10 for each. First of all, ask yourself about yourself. Okay, find out and then ask yourself why that number, okay? Then you can start to work on a challenging person. Uh, so a couple things that I found as I, I go do this with people is the first thing is I typically don't know people well enough to even know what's happening with one of these areas. So now I need to build a relationship and a connection with them and try to ascertain that. Sometimes I know. Like sometimes with my kids, I'm like with, with my daughter, Ellie, just this morning, um, she's just really kind of in that anxious zone. School just started. Uh, we've really been talking about, you know, different things to, to calm her mind. And I said, honey, you know, where, where are you at with gratitude? 
and she's, she kind of put her eyes up like this. And, and I said, when was the last time that you, you thought about something that you, you were thankful for? And she said, I can't remember. And I said, well, what are some things that you're thankful for? And so she came up with, uh, you know, a couple that it was really slow for her to start. And then after that, she, she got in the habit because she's in the habit. Now she's 11. Okay. So if an 11 year old can get in the habit of gratitude, you can too. Okay. And when she got on the bus, she was in such a happier mood. Okay. Okay, so yesterday we talked about one of the strategies of dealing with challenging people. This was the, uh, the yes but versus the yes and, right? So if you didn't watch that, go back to that because you'll, you'll want to see that strategy. There's a couple more I want to share with you today and tell you uh, the brain science behind it. There is um, a strategy, it's called the yes, yes, yes strategy. Now I find this interesting that Dale Carnegie, way back when, when he wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People, he wrote about this strategy and quantum physics is actually proving this to be true. So now there's science data research to back up uh, what Dale Carnegie was saying. So uh, there is uh, uh, a principle when you say yes 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 there is an energy that's created in your body okay uh, and it makes you susceptible or open I guess willing to suggestion after that now first of all let me preface this I'm gonna tell you how to use this strategy but I really want you to be careful because we want to use our superhero powers for good okay we do not want to be using this to manipulate or control people, okay? I, I say that because you could. You absolutely could take this and you could go and you can control people and uh, you know hurt people all day long. Let's use our superhero powers for good, okay? All right, so when you say yes, 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 that person is more likely to be susceptible to whatever the next thing is. It's like uh, you've created a pattern. The, the opposite is also true. So when you say no, 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 that person is more susceptible to not having that suggestion, okay? So let me tell you how this plays out. Uh, I remember distinctly, we got our new couch and this was, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago. So uh, my daughter Hannah was maybe six or seven at the time. And uh, we really needed the kids to go out and clean out all their toys in the van so that we could go and get the couch and bring it back. And she just was really, you know, hemming and hawing and, and not wanting to do it. And I had just learned about this strategy and I was like, I, I'm gonna try this and see if it works. So I said, Hannah, you know, um, you went with us to pick out the couch, right? And she said, oh yeah. And I said, what did you think about the couch? And she said, oh, I love it. And, and she told me all the things that she loved about the couch, awesome. I said, do you think it's important that we, um, you know, go and get the couch today? Yes, I want the couch today. And she told me whatever show she wanted to watch. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, do you think it might be important that we, you know, have the van cleaned out to put the couch in? And she said, well, yes. Okay. Now, do you see how many positive responses I got from her? Now, I'm, I'm coming at it because I knew it was important to her. I'm not convincing her of anything, right? And so she was primed and ready. So when I got to that last question that said, do you think it's important that we have the van cleaned out? She's like, yes, boom, done. She went out and she started cleaning up her toys. Now, I, I, there's a subtle nuance happening here. So I want you to catch this. 
I could have come in and said, Hannah, I know you love this to this couch. I know you, you know, you want to have the couch and you probably want to have it today. And we need to, you know, I could have told her all the things, right? But that wasn't getting her to this place of susceptibility. So I'm not telling her something she doesn't agree with, right? And I'm not telling her something that isn't the truth. So I'm not manipulating, but I'm just sharing with her information and she gets to agree. She's making what we call micro agreements. This actually works really, really well in the sales process. Okay. Um, man, I wish I had more time to tell you about that. I just don't today. But when, so think about that. Can you get that person to say yes, yes, yes. Now the same, I, like I said, is true about no, no, no. Once that person says no three times, it does not matter what you tell them afterwards. They will not take your advice. They will not take your suggestion. Okay. So, you know, this is just one of those strategies that you can work with a challenging person, meet them where they're at, try to figure out what's important to them. How does that align to what you need them to do? You can definitely use this in the workplace. Okay. Just experiment with it. Okay. Um, I, I also have uh, a little strategy for email. I'll be honest, I've got nine different email addresses. Uh, some of my clients in the contracts I have, they have, hey, here, here you go, Michelle, we're going to give you a new email address. And they don't understand on the inside, I'm going, no, I don't want another email address. Uh, now, I've learned a lot of strategies about email, but uh, I say that because I've got a lot of emails coming my way. And there are some things, you know, you want to communicate to somebody, I'm open for you to come back and say, yes, I want you to talk to me about this. There are some times when I need to communicate something, I still want them to understand I'm open, but yet I want to communicate to their subconscious brain that says, think this through on your own. Okay. So sometimes the challenging person doesn't realize they're challenging and that they're taking up a lot of your time. So this is a subtle little inflection in your email that you can use. Okay. So the difference is, you know, let's say I send out an email and Hey, this is what we're doing. And you know, here you go. And then I'll say, uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Okay. That's fine. I mean, that sounds welcoming and inviting, right? However, what happens in the subconscious brain is when you say, if you have any questions, let me know, uh, it signals to your subconscious brain, you shouldn't have any questions, even though it doesn't seem like that. Uh, when you see that, you're like, yeah, I don't have any questions. <laughs> okay. Now, if I want somebody to come back, I will say, uh, you know, this is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. What questions do you have? So when I say, what questions do you have? It implies I might not have explained everything correctly. And I want to know from you, what questions do you have? So it's just a little tiny bit of a change, but it signals to the subconscious. There's a interaction that's going to be taking place. Sometimes a challenging person is challenging because they're not telling you what you need to know, right? So you can use either one of these strategies wherever you need. If you've got somebody who's taking up your time, I would say, if you have any questions, let me know. If you've got somebody that you're like, Hey, come back to me. Tell me, tell me what's going on. What questions do you have? Okay. So this is a little more inviting, but with a tone of, uh, maybe a demand. Okay.
I hope that helps. Uh, you know, a, another strategy that I can think of for you is um, this one actually has worked for me very well. I used to use it when I was a, a school administrator and now I use it with my kids. So uh, I remember a time I was sitting in my office and this teacher would come and this would happen all the time. It wasn't just one person either. And uh, they'd just be kind of hanging out at my door uh, and here I am trying to get stuff done, right? Because there's always stuff to get done. And they're hanging out. And, you know, at some point I, I get this thought in my head, like, hey, who's taking care of your tiny humans while you're standing here in the store, right? Like you should be going back to work. And I realized that this person had a, the personality, they needed connection, they needed some support, um, encouragement in the moment. And they wanted to talk about something. They always had a purpose, a reason for coming, right? Hey, I want to talk to you about X, Y, Z. Okay, great. And I realized that I needed to protect my time with some boundaries. And so I came up with this strategy uh, and I basically just said, hey, I would love to talk to you about this. Uh, right now I'm trying to finish this up right here. I have a time slot from 1 to 1.15 this afternoon. Would you come back at that time? And I can, that way I can give you my full attention. Now, again, this is not manipulation. This is me saying, I've got to do what I need to do. I want to honor you. Here is a time that actually was free that I knew I'm going to give you 15 minutes, right? But I'm in charge of when those 15 minutes happen. And without fail, every single time the person would say, oh, absolutely. Sure. Now, there was usually one of two results that happened. One, they didn't come at one o'clock because you see, they didn't really need anything. They just wanted to have that connection. And just in how I handled that connection, they still felt honored and valued. Or number two, they really did need to talk about that thing. And guess what? They got their 15 minutes and I got to control when it happened. Okay. So instead of dismissing people, you know, again, I do this with the kids. I'll, I'll tell them, you know, they'll come stand right here and want to talk to me. And we've got different signals that we've, we've figured out over time that tell them, you know, wait, wait just a second, or you're going to have to give me five minutes or, or whatever that is. Or sometimes I will actually set a timer. Uh, so I'll, I'll come back to them. So it's a way to honor and value yourself and the other person and to make sure that neither one of you are being difficult, okay? Because if I try to answer their questions right now when I'm in the middle of something, I'm probably going to be difficult, okay? And I might look at them as difficult. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, so those are all the strategies I can have uh, kind of give to you today. I have so many more. Again, in the bonus videos, you'll find out a ton about what's happening in an interaction at the, the brain level, uh, as well as what's happening with awareness levels. So make sure you plug into those. Um, honestly, these tips and, and ideas and the bonus videos are things that you could study for the rest of your life. Uh, so, so don't be surprised if you go down a, a rabbit hole on this one. It's okay because it's actually going to add a ton of value to you and the people that you serve. Okay. So enjoy. Uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed this today. Go out and practice this. Okay. Experiment and leave a comment. Maybe in your comment today, you could leave, uh, something about, 
you know, this is the strategy I'm going to work on today. Okay. Awesome. Uh, tomorrow we are going to talk about, I believe we're talking about empowering and engaging meetings. So, uh, how do you run a really good meeting? I'm going to give you tons of tricks and tips that I have learned from the master himself, John Maxwell. So you don't want to miss that. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for coming. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.